the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas. That is Joe Linehan in San Antonio, Texas. Um, how long have we been chatting before we start? It's got to be an hour, I think. About an hour. But hey, hey, let's do a... Come on, let's check in. How's McCoy? She's good. Yeah? Sleeping with my blanket? Off the water pole now, James. <clears throat> Come on. We can stop asking about McCoy now. I love so. the fact that you have a little McCoy there. Yeah. The people are interested. You you can deny it all you want, but you know darn well we're going to go to this tournament this coming weekend, and those who listen to this podcast, all five and a half of them, are going to ask you about McCoy. So there you and go. Thank you for all the support. All the, It's been great within the water pole community, and uh, and McCoy, will, I'm sure, will make an appearance this weekend on the pool deck. So yeah, I'm going to shake you'll, hands. Shake you'll, hands get this, you'll get to say hi if he's awake. Yeah. <laughs> Give him some Aquatex gear. That'd be good. Point him in the right direction. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about Texas Challenge Cup. Um, I'm driving up on Friday. I'm assuming you are too. Um, I will be there for that. Our first game's not till 10 on Saturday, which is nice, but still going up on Friday. Um, I think more pressing news is uh, the ODP. Um, I, was, I almost said the ODP season is over. That's obviously not true at all. It's just that the last clinic took place, last camp took place a couple of weeks ago and uh we'll be getting rosters hopefully very soon we'll be able to talk about that but we're going to talk with chris you're going to talk with chris cullen uh later at the end of, of this segment about the season how it's unique who's on the roster what their expectations are for utah etc cetera, etc cetera. but um again so far as i understand a very very successful odp season yeah it's gonna be great and i'm sure by the time that this is posted that the rosters are going to be out for everybody so well, I can't wait to. Pro- well, first of all, I've got kids that are waiting to hear, so I'm I'm super excited about that. I've got some young guys who are who are um, who tried out for the first time, so I'm excited for them. Um, okay, Texas Challenge Cup schedule is out. That is a busy schedule, man. That is a oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be all day. Was it from seven thirty to what nine or eight to nine each day? I mean, yeah, it's busy with three courses going at one time. Thank you that they have a little instructional pool for for warm up. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't know if we can use it, but we will see. But uh, yeah, I- I'm excited. I'm going to coach my 14s and 12s. Nice. And then people always ask me, oh my God, you, yeah, uh, like you're going to coach the 14s and 12s? I go, yeah, I, I know my audience. What does that mean? I, I mean, I'm going to coach the beginner 14s and 12s a lot differently than I'm going to coach the 18s playing in platinum at JOs. People think you can't do that? Uh, just some people, I mean, they see me being loud or something like that on the pool deck, or they remember me from 10 years ago or something like that. And they're like, Oh my God. I mean, it's more joking than anything else, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be clapping a lot. I'm going to be saying swim and defense a lot. So that's a new one. It's going to be fun. That's new for you. Yeah. You you know, McCoy has really mellowed you, man. Like you're really not uh, coaching as hard as you used to. That's my, Uh, that's the way I hear. We will see what happens this weekend. I'll still be coaching hard. I'll still be loud. And are we playing against one another? I don't know. I'm, I'm, my my twelves and fourteens are playing for Longhorn, and then I'm coaching the sixteens for Aquatex. I don't think so, so. We are playing in the in the silver division. Is it a different division? Okay, I haven't checked. The, I haven't gone into details about that yet. I only saw what, uh, what the sixteens are doing. So that would be fun, though. I'd be on the opposite bench as you. That'd be great. Uh, Allie, I'll be the head coach, but I'll just be sitting there, you know, twiddling my thumbs. And I'll be nice and loud, I'm sure. But as people that have been coached, they that I think they get that there's two joke louds there's one that joe chose as being loud yeah. 
for everybody to hear. And then, too, um, Joe might be a little mad. A so. little upset. You? Yeah, hard to believe. Um, the That pool is how old? Maybe less than a year? Is that right? I've actually never been to it, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. And we're, we're going to be able to kind of hopefully be there for uh, next summer at some point. So. And for oh. JOs, was it running three courses then, too? We did not use that pool for JOs. Oh, I thought we did. Oh, no, we did I'm not. thinking about a different pool then. All right, because there was another... There was, I forgot which one. For those that don't know, we're talking about the Northwest uh, pool that's over by the Texas Motor Speedway across 114 in Justin, Texas, Just which is just north of, of Fort Worth. That's where Thunder is hosting the Texas Challenge Cup this weekend. Uh, just north of Fort Worth. Right. I'm staying in South Lake. That seemed to be like – it was either there or Denton because, you know, God bless Justin, but there's not a whole lot going on there. So somebody, somewhere else. Um, very, very good. Okay, and at, at the same weekend – there's one team from Texas that's heading up to Indiana for Champions Cup. It brings up some interesting uh, issues about what water polo is going to look like in this state as uh, as things ramp up, particularly with high school water polo. But Thunder is taking a team up to Champions Cup. It's the only team from Texas. Um, I did notice that they're going to be streaming those games, by the way, from Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting to note that a club like Thunder is capable of both hosting a tournament and obviously fielding teams at the Texas Challenge Cup while sending another team up to Champions Cup at basically the same time. Yeah, yeah, and kind of kudos to them. That's not the easiest thing to do because that's an extra coach or two that that's going up there. That's also table workers. You know, that's taking their like they they have a fourteen and, and under division, so they're not going to get to play in that division uh, locally in Justin's while they're going up there to play. But it's great. It's great for those kids. Again, I think I, I think we mentioned this before. We haven't really had a whole lot of teams from Texas go to Champions Cup when it's outside not of there, Texas. Yeah. That's great. So, um, so this is great, and I hope this starts something from Texas, and eventually we start having a qualification for this event and such. So, because it is, it is you you have to qualify through your zone. There's uh, one boys team and one girls team. It's 14U and slash eighth grade and under that gets to go to this tournament. So, right. Yeah. Um, it should be fun. Um, and kind of good luck to Jason Gall and the Thunder groups that are going up there. Yeah, we gotta put. I gotta find that uh, schedule. Uh, that's my mistake. We should have done that beforehand just to see who they're uh, lined up to play against. Um, all, very uh, high quality teams, typically from all over the country. I think they're playing their first game is against Chicago Parks District on the boys' side, and on the girls' side, they're playing 680 drivers. So. Okay. Yep. Teams we know, uh, pretty good. Uh, okay. It, let a, a larger discussion. I think about. Um, well, I, I suppose the the way to talk about it is 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 tags in some sense, and so. Not only that, but Texas Challenge Cup, Champions Cup are all on the calendar for this fall. But we all know that next fall is going to start basically a a new kind of water polo regime in Texas. It's very it's it is actually far more complicated than I thought about when you and I were talking about this before we started. So what is the season next fall going to look like? Well, the easy thing to say is, well, you know, it's going to be high school season. I'm like, right. And then after that, then what? Because then yeah, I mean, it starts yeah, to resemble yeah. something a little bit more like California. Well, no, I mean, I mean, we're not trying to to kind not of kind copying. of look like a, we're not, not talking copying. about and trying to look like California. Just we similar. are we are going to have to adjust and adapt, and you know, tournaments are going to have, like if the tournament used to be in early October, it's going to have to be in in late November now. But it is interesting because you know, I mean, twenty twenty two is going to be weird because there's two high school seasons, right? right. So we're actually going to have two tax tournaments. So we're going to have a spring tags during this upcoming spring high school season that we normally have, which is for the eighth grade, sixth grade, and fourth grade and under. Then we're going to have the same event in fall because that's when it will move. 
and then it'll be in fall 22 and then fall 23 and then fall 24 and then fall 25, et cetera. Um, and that's a great tournament. And I think those kids love it now. Um, yeah, it's going to be like during, during a typical high school season, the focus for USA water polo normally is for the USA water polo clubs are, are normally the, the younger kids. Now that doesn't mean that you can't get the 18th and yeah, in 16th to practice and such like that. But um, there's not really a, a whole lot of competitions for the older age groups because they're so busy with high school stuff. Yeah, by design and rightfully um, so. So then, you know, so the terms that, that normally happen in like late August and September and October for the older kids, they're not going to be there in fall 22 and beyond in the fall season. Um, obviously At least not constituted the same way, right? For next school year, they'll, they'll be in spring 23. There'll be a whole... Like it used to be spring there, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of high school age club stuff, but now in the spring of 23, there'll be a whole lot of all athletes, all age groups stuff going on, but it's going to be interesting because, and I think we talked about this, like, you know, this is the dog days of the club water polo season for high, for high school kids, like November, December, January, because you have every weekend there's some different high school swim meets going on. So a club might be taking a team up to Texas challenge cup, but it may not, it may not be their entire team because there's, because there might be a couple of kids from a, from a, from a certain high school that can't attend. Right. So they're taking who they can. Um, and then, you know, because it is high school swim season in November, December, January, I mean, yeah. and before that too. Um, but you know, but there's, but there are some tournaments that people can go to. Um, and then in January is like the, um, is the championship swim season. So, you know, you also have the holidays from Thanksgiving to, to, uh, like Christmas. And I, and I, and I joke around with people that, you know, people can't kind of pat their head and rub their tummy at the same time during, like, there's just so much going on, family, school, like kind of high school swimming, club swimming, stuff like that, that, you know, there's the, like, you know, water pole kind of maybe set aside. Yeah. They just leave too. That's the other thing. So, but we're going to have a lot of club water polo next summer. And then high school kids are not going to get to play club water polo events in August, September, October, pretty much. But then we're going to have a whole slew of events now in November, December. So I'm kind of curious on what's going to happen. Like kids are going to, I mean, if they want to play club, like yeah, water polo, because kids are normally really excited after high school water polo that they want to keep playing. They want to do club and they want to do this and that. So they're going to get to have opportunities to play but it's like, you know, it's going to be its own, it's, it's going to be its new, it's going to be its own little season there, that, that November, December into January timeframe. Yeah, little, yep, that's right. And this is, and this is, we're talking specifically for the 18 and 16 and under crowd, you know, the high school kids, right? Um, the 14 to 12 are going to get to play all year round yeah. still. So, um, uh, so it's just, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, with like, with like these events and, you know, there's not a whole lot of weekends that we can have different things like this upcoming weekend, the Texas Challenge Cup. Not all clubs got to yeah, got to enter and participate because there was only a, a certain number of teams that could enter. So, you know, kind of moving forward in 22, 23 and beyond that we're going to we might be having tournaments that are stacked on top of each other the same weekend. So you have tournament one that is for 18, 16, and then you have tournament two that's for the like the 14s, 12s. They might be in the same area, but they're being run by two different clubs. Right. So then you're going to have to have that, like, you know, you're going to have to have the Aquatex group. I have to have kids go to this one tournament. I have to have a coach there and then I have to have a coach go to this other one. So it's going to be more difficult to do. Yep. It also, I mean, but you also have those, those clubs that are hosting are also going to have to be able to send kids just like Thunder's doing this weekend. Yeah. 
Exactly. So it's, this is, we've been talking about this for a couple of years amongst coaches about, you know, the different challenges that are going to be coming up with as more clubs add and more kids play and after and after the UIL is playing. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be tournaments left and right going on and people are going to have lots of opportunities to play and we want everybody to have that opportunity to play. It's just going to be, you know, um, how it's going to happen is going to be it's 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 interesting to see how how we're going to transition. So and definitely 2022 is definitely a transition year. Now by the, by this time next year or maybe even more so in the fall of the following year if the growth is that what you and I expect and that's largely due to UIL then there's going to be some not necessarily very nice things going on in the sense that, you know, well, all I mean is this, is that in other places that are packed with competitions, I mean, sometimes they're invitationals. And so then, therefore, there are teams that are explicitly said, yeah, you know, this is for really a, a select group of, of tournaments. But it's that is absolutely, it, it's in some ways worth it because no, yeah, UIL water polo is so important to the growth, mm -hmm. I think. And then well, so I mean, now we're going to have to make some hard choices. That's all. And what we're talking about for those that are listening is we're talking about the UIL water polo is going to have a lot more kids that want to play club, and then there's going to be more clubs out more there, clubs. or the clubs yes. that are existing are going to be bigger or bigger, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be yeah. Some teams are going to think, well, oh, kind of, why am I not being invited to that tournament? Well, you know, there are there there's are not room. there are there are teams that there's a so let's say there's an A level tournament eventually, right? And there's and a and club and a certain clubs not invited to participate. Well. They might think they're an A-level club, but in reality, they might be a B-level club. Right. Or they might have an A-level uh, kind of 1600 girls team, but they have B-level for the for the 1400 boys team. Right. right? You know, um, so you're building, and it's going to be – there's going to be some feelings hurt probably. Yep. But this is going to be – but these are all first-world water polo problems. Right. We all don't need to play the same. Yeah. This is what – this is what James and I were talking about for the like, like the 30, 40 minutes before we got on. Yes. I was trying to teach it's, you the right way. Yeah. Okay. And, um, it's, and it's, and it's one of those things where you, you can have coaches that have differing styles of coaching and kind of how they play and, and how they go about the club development. That's okay. And that's, and that's, we, we need that. We need the different, but it, like they, that people are going to get the feelings hurt. We've had this over the last two, three years as well. We've already started the like the first world water polo problems, which is great. We have recruiting stuff. Like, this is like people are like, "Oh my God, Joe, this is bad." I go me. I'm like, "This is great. We never had to deal with this before. This this means we're growing. This is a sign of growth and stepping in the right direction." But yeah, people are gonna have to be adults. You may well, not get your way anymore. Well, this is what I mean by, and you're sensitive to being compared to California, but it's at least my experience because now the UIL season here is in the fall, which is when water polo is played in California at the high school level. And so you get to see certain patterns. And so here, the way that it will be similar in my mind is, again, you're going to experience growth. You're going to have to start making these harder choices about when you host a tournament, who's going to be a sort of allowed to come. If you have a tournament that where everybody can come, fantastic. But we're assuming that there will be more demand and therefore there will be less room for these tournaments. So again, you got to make harder choices. This is something that goes on in California elsewhere. You know, that this is not, uh, this is not beyond normal at all. And it is a significant, it's a signifier of things uh, of growth. I mean, that's it. It's a signifier of growth. It's a, it's not to say that all the results are going to be good. You know how I cannot stand this whole recruiting thing. Like that, that drives me bananas, but we're going to have to face it. Like that stuff is probably going to happen a little bit more. And, um, it is, again, it's a sign of growth 
with all of the things that come with it, good and bad. Yeah, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some brick walls that we're all gonna have to go through and yeah, and find solutions to get around or like or just break through. Um and this is this is <laughs> I think I mentioned last week, you know, our calendars, we have five straight years of different calendars. That drives Joe nuts. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, this is progress. We're changing. Things are changing. Yeah. And things are moving. And and I'm very happy that it's not the same that it was like, you know, pre-COVID. Things are gonna be much, much different. And then it's it's gonna keep getting different. And it's just like a coach out there. If you're the same coach that you've been doing it the same way for the last 20 years and you haven't changed, well, you know, you're being left behind as a coach in, in whatever sport you do. You need to keep adjusting, and clubs are clubs are gonna are gonna need to keep adjusting and adapting, and getting better. And you know what? It's I don't think we're just gonna have a couple big huge clubs. We're gonna have a ton of big huge clubs, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to see how this kind of plays out. Yeah, it's gonna be a completely different. World. I like to fast forward to five or ten years from now, and yeah, and kind of and kind of see where we're at. So, hey, Joe, you know, one of my favorite things uh, of that I look back on about the fall season. And it didn't happen very often, but there's there are these little opportunities to play against teams that are just completely from outside your area. For us, it was NorCal, SoCal. It's a little bit different, I understand. But I'm so excited for the idea of Texas high school teams going to play against other t- teams that play in the fall. I just think it's so exciting. It's And I, I was just talking to either a parent or kid or both who were just talking about how, I mean, they cannot wait for the high school season and it's not because they think that when they go play high school that, I don't know, they, they learn a lot or they, they become better. They know that the club experience is where they learn. But, man, it's so much fun with your high school buddies, your teammates, whatever, to go and try to tear it up against other teams that you know that are in your same district. It's the, tree, it's the, it's the thing that Europeans don't get. It's that be true to your school thing. They just don't understand that the, the ties with the, our scholastic institutions. It's like they, you'll never forget them. Yeah, and people – like kind of, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, there's people that see, oh, Joe's a club guy. He doesn't care. No, I care about high school. I've been trying to grow high school water polo in everywhere I've been. And I continue to do that. And and I will continue to do because they work hand in hand for the growth of the sport. You have to. And and I'm a big believer of it's very important for that athlete to get the to get the leather jacket with the water polo patch. Yeah. It's very important for that athlete to get his name or her name announced on the morning announcements. That stuff goes a long way to have a water polo long team way. with their own page in the yearbook. Yep. And that stuff goes a long way to, again, I thought, yeah. And you said it to having fun, you know, and those, and those kids that work hard in club from the end of high school season to, to the beginning of high school season, they, I mean, I've had so many kids that have come to me and they've been a JV kid or they've been on, or they haven't started. Then they come to club and then they go back and they're one of the best kids on their team. That's right. Yep. You know, and it's just great to see that. I used to, I mean, one of my favorite things to do back in Houston and also in North Texas was I never really coached high school. I'd help high schools. Um, but I, but I'd go to the, or, or, and specifically in, in North Texas, I, I used to help kind of run the like the high school tournament, but I used to go sit in the stands over in Houston and just watch and cheer for the club kids and just, and I mean, it wasn't and always the greatest water polo. I was going to say, school, and you're sitting there gritting your teeth about the quality. No, but, no, but I mean, <laughs> but I, but it was great to see the the kids that had worked hard see the benefit. They get no to go question. to state. They get to be named to the all region team. They yeah, they get to do that, and that was that was great for me to do. And um, 
you know, up in North Texas, I had to do a little bit more as far as the high school kind of as far as the hands on stuff was concerned. But so I didn't yeah, necessarily get to sit in the stands and watch. But um, but I, I mean, this is this is what I thoroughly enjoy doing. I, I like to I, I love the kid that comes to practice. Works hard, gets better and gets recognized for it. It's all symbiotic. It's so my high school had back in the day, Wilson High School in Long Beach had a club called beach we, we were affiliated with long beach state but it was like this beach water polo that was the name of our club and it was essentially entirely wilson high school and then later on when i started coaching in san diego um, i knew ricardo azevedo decently because of the connection with wilson and he was starting a club in that area and he said the model that is popular in southern california in particular where your club is just simply your high school team in the off season is is not right you should be a development program. And I'm completely bought into that. I absolutely am. Like I have to spend a lot of time letting people know that my club in central Texas is not affiliated with one high school. And I don't want it to be affiliated. It's what I want. And what is most satisfying is besides sending off kids to play in college. That's my, almost my single favorite thing to do is to, is what I like to call creating monsters. I like, I want to, I want these guys and girls to be as good as they can possibly be. And then when their two high schools play one another, they're just tearing it up against one another. It's so much fun to watch, and they're and they're dominating. You know, other players who aren't who have not been trained with us or other clubs locally. It is so satisfying to do that. And um, anyway, it's a model I like. I hope others do as well. Um, yeah, I, I I hope to avoid that notion of that. This is my high school club team. You know, it's like it, it get some other kids involved. Yeah, and to transition here um, for those high school co- yeah coaches and. Club coaches that are out there, we are having our our November Texas Water Polo um, Academy sessions. One is Tuesday, November 9th. We're going to go over passing, shooting, and practice planning. And then, then, and then the USA Water Polo Clinic will be Thursday, November 18th, where we're going to be going over counterattack. Um, if you have not are, like, all, all already received it, you can go to southwestwaterpolo.org and click on TXWPA, and there's all the information will be there. There you go. It's the Academy. All right, I think we've uh, wound down all of this conversation. Upcoming next is your conversation with Chris Cullen. Right about now, you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well, shush, we don't advertise here, and we want to keep it that way. So we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warpolo programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warpolo, I always listen to TX Warpolo podcast. Uh, today we're with Chris Cullen, who is the head coach slash, um, yeah, just the head admin for the Southwest Zone Olympic Development Program. Chris also does a bunch of other stuff. He's done uh, ISD Aquatics Director. He's the club director for Thunder Water Polo. He's the NISCO uh, uh, region rep. Um, he's been TISCO Water Polo chair before. He does a lot of things. So he wears a lot of hats. So Chris, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. It's uh, glad to be visiting with you guys. I always enjoy the podcast. So love to keep you guys up to date. What's going on in ODP. Yeah. So now we did, yeah, kind of, we just mentioned you are the head coach for the entire Southwest zone Olympic development program. How did that come about? That's kind of new for this year. You used to be the head women's coach. And now you're head for both boys and girls. I think they, um, with uh, Mountain Zone does something with Brad Piercy, a similar position where um, somebody that's been in ODP program for a, a quite a while and familiar with the boys' side and the girls' side. I've been uh, with ODP since, well, it was called Zone Teams back in 2003. And so basically off and on, you know, like nonstop through 2003, I took a two or three year break there in the middle when my children were younger. And so, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, Brian and John Abdu reached out to me and said, would that be something that you're interested in doing is kind of overseeing what it was a tough, tough decision because, you know, I love coaching the kids. And I love getting to know the kids. And so I, um, but this way I thought I could still stay involved, make a positive impact on the program and then, you know, get a little, uh, another coach involved. So since I wouldn't be act, actually coaching, so you know, that part of the development program with the in, increasing the number of coaches that we have for the staff, I think that was a, you know, an incentive for me to try to get other coaches involved. So they, they asked me and I debated about it. And then I, I said that I would do it since it was, I thought was best for the program. So. Yeah. And, um, and that's one thing that, you know, is really kind of cool about the new staff that you'll have. You all have people from all over. I, I was intentional about it. I wanted to try to, uh, you know, and I mean, part of the Olympic development program is not just is to spread uh, USA Water Polo's philosophy and tactical skills throughout the entire zone. So not just a few clubs. So it's I, I wanted to make sure that we tried to hit a lot of the areas that we had. And, um, you know, like in Houston and uh, Rio Grande Valley and San Antonio and uh, the multiple parts of the Metroplex and multiple parts of the Houston area. So uh, I. I tried to really do a thorough job of, you know, vetting through everybody and trying to get a good diverse group of coaches. So. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, it's great. Now it's the format as far as camps are concerned, it used to be like, you know, one camp in like in Austin and then in November, a camp in North Texas, then in, in January, a camp in, in Houston, obviously with COVID things changed a little bit, but you know, explain what the updates are. And why did you make the updates from how it was to what it is here in 2021? Well, the, the old model was based on the fact that the travel trip was um, in late February, March for the, uh, the national championship for uh, ODP. And so what they've done, they opted to add a regional tournament so that they split it into non-California zones to east and west. And so when they added that, and that's going to be in the first weekend in uh in January. And so that kind of compresses the timeline a little. I think the first year we did it in 2019, we were having the, the camp in the last camp in Thanksgiving. And that's kind of a short turnaround to get four weeks to get the team selected, notify the parents, collect the, you know, have them make the travel arrangements, collect the fees, get commitments from everybody, you know, all the things that kind of go along with it. And so we, since we didn't, you know, with 20, uh, 20, the COVID year, we, we really didn't have a, a regional. Well, they, they kept with COVID, they kept pushing back the dates. And so we ended up having that regional championship in San Antonio that um, 
that we we kind of just looked at the set, you know the issues that I th thought that we had had in 2019 with getting commitments and getting travel and you know like kids in the last minute and so I, we kind of talked about let's compress that a little bit and try to get that done a little earlier and so that we can give parents and families times to make the decision if they want to be a part of that regional team and then uh, then make arrangements especially this year with um, USA Water Polo opting for non-coach driven vans, et cetera. So parents are going to be responsible for their athletes getting to, to the games during the regional tournament, kind of like it was last year in San Antonio, but the same thing in Utah. We wanted to have that extra time to say, all right, are we willing to make the commitment or find the, you know, parents are going to supervise their kids during their that trip to Utah. I mean, now, so, I mean, how did the camps go? Like you've already had the camp in Austin, the camp in Houston, the camp in North Texas. How I, did the go so far this year? I think fantastic. I think we had, we were sold out every single camp. I think we uh, had over, over a hundred for each one. And so I think the, uh, and it was a very diverse group in terms of age groups. So it wasn't always the cadet boys took up you know, 70% of the, the spots. So we ended up, you know, after we looked at the composite lists for all the camps, we had, you know, every age group had 20 plus that uh, ended up attending, attending at least one camp. So the fact, whereas year past, we, we'd had development groups for girls, maybe there was only 10 kids between all the camps who showed up. And so I think when we had, you know, I, th I think we're reaching all the different, uh, age groups and genders throughout the throughout the zone so and the, and the nice thing about being done with the last camp was what october 24th mm -hmm. you you don't have to to rush the selections you can kind of take your time i mean hopefully by the time that people are listening to this the selections are going to be out to everybody but um like i, I think i told the parents that i was going to have it within a week afterwards i think that was a little ambitious to try to get you know all the admin side of thing with the new site is a little more challenging and so we're trying to make sure we can work through all that and get everybody all the coaches all the names all the you know to compare all their notes from all the different camps if kids attended in multiple camps and so it's, it's taking a little bit longer than i originally had wanted but i you know my goal is to get it out by you know friday uh, november 5th and so if you're listening to this after that so then hopefully it should be out so that's right, we're, we're to the last steps i have a last couple of you know working on alternates for some of the, the age groups and making sure we have the goalies selected. And so just to manage six teams um, and, uh, you know, 24 to or more athletes in that group is, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit of time. So, and everybody, here's the other thing is all the ODP coaches, we all have other jobs. So this is something we do for the love of water polo. And so uh, I think we could have had it done if in a couple of days, if this was our full-time jobs, but yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can. So we're, uh, I, I think, but we're still should be able to give parents, you know, eight weeks of prep time to make their decision and make their travel arrangements, et cetera. So, yeah. And um, it'll be, the announcements will be made via the Southwest Zone website, also via email and also via the Southwest Zone uh, social media. So, um, so if you're listening to this, it's probably out already. So go ahead and, um, and kind of, and, kind of get out there and kind of take a look at the at the team selections now you mentioned kind of earlier that there's at least 20 athletes per group per yeah per age group and gender um that's gonna i mean that's gonna present like the whole purpose of there is a training camp now 
Correct. Over so the we'll have, weekend. At least at the uh, our, our goal is to have all the coaches have a uh, camp at the end of November, that Thanksgiving weekend, and so that they can get together with the, um, the training team and the alternates. And so they have a uh, the coach gets one more opportunity to kind of you know how the teams are. You know we're still waiting on direction from USA Water Polo if the how the teams will be divided into two equal teams or a A team and a B team. So that's not been given to us, but I think that extra training camp opportunity will give more time for the coaches to give instruction. So there's improvement there. Also come up with kind of a plan. So, okay, where does this player fit in the, the, the player rotation in terms of, you know, are they going to be in the upper group? Are they going to start? Are they going to be coming in off the bench or is, do it, you know, like, is that a, do we have primary centers? You know, what are we going to have right side attackers, left side attackers it kind of gives them a little more, um, prep time to work with those uh, kids instead of just maybe uh, that six hour camp and now say, okay, I, I recognize their talent and their skill. Now, where can we best use them to, uh, to play in that regional tournament and hopefully that national tournament? Yeah, it just seems that things are going to be awfully like, it's not going to be as rushed. It's going to be a little bit more thought out. It's, it's, I think it's going to be great for all the athletes and the parents and, and also the coaches. And I think that's just going to allow for the teams to be a, a little bit more successful at the ODP National Championships in March. Now, have you had some feedback from, from athletes, parents and such? Yeah, I've gotten great feedback so far. I've gotten, a, 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 of those who've reached out to me, not, you know, like the ones I've spoken to in person after camps during, you know, that's the other thing is as uh, ODP director or I, I've gotten, you know, I'm not, don't have a gr one group. So I kind of move around from group to group and, you know, I think, and talk with parents between sessions, et cetera. So, and I've gotten emails, positive feedback. So I think they like the accelerated timeline, getting more time to decide. So I've been thanked a couple of times for that saying, you know, we, we felt pressure, you know, like, and so they, they kind of just made it a more reasonable decision-making time for their, for their family. So, I, and they liked the format of the camps. And so they, they, uh, we gave them, a little additional time for lunch because I think in the past we were we were worried about kids and families traveling, but I think they appreciated that extra time at lunch so that they, you know, could come back and do a better job that second session. So with the uh, the longer lunch break, even though it made them get home a little bit later, maybe an hour later in the day, but they got I think they got more out of the second session. So yeah, overall the the feedback I have not had any uh, complaints or issues that far only positive feedback. So. We're, we're happy with that. We're looking to improve at the end of the year. I'm sure I'll reach out to the coaches and parents and, you know, try to look, look for suggestions with next year being a, it's going to be a change with UIL, et cetera. So it's going to be, we're going to have to kind of go the drawing board a little bit different because it'll be high school season in the, in August or August and September. So that may present some unique challenges to us, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, congrats on the changes and good luck with the camp in January in Utah and in March at the ODP National Championships and the trainings between times. But while I got you, I, I mean, again, you wear lots of hats. So um, this upcoming weekend, you have the Texas Challenge Cup. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It's like, a, you know, Thunder's hosting up the new, uh, Northwest ISD Swim Center. If you haven't been there, it's beautiful. It's going to have three courses that were, when the pool was built, it was designed for three courses. So they're, you know, they have their um, schematics. So the, the pool host can set that up. We're... You know, one of the most exciting things to me is we have 38 teams in the tournament. 22 of them are 14 and under and 12 and under. 
So to me, that says a lot about the growth of our sport. I mean, that, you know, and like for my club, I have less high school kids right now in the tournament because of swim meets, you know, so they're, they're busy doing other things. But the fact we filled, I mean, we had a waiting list still, you know, we were packed. We have 76 games. So we're going eight to eight on Saturday and eight to five on Sunday. So like I cannot squeeze in any more games. And so I was excited that a majority of the team, the team's coming Well, we got a couple of our team from Albuquerque, Robbie Bova's bringing her uh, uh, 14s and 16s in. So a couple out of state teams coming in. So she's driving over. So we're happy to have somebody from outside of Texas coming in, but the fact 22 teams, that's to me is great. And you know, that way, Oh, and of those 22 is I probably had two less teams because they're going to, they're going to champions cup. So we're uh, you know, we, could have probably had easily 24 teams, you know, like if with the waiting to waiting list. So it's going to get to that point where we're going to have to have a 12 U and a 14 U tournaments, you know, or, you know, like we're going to have to be creative because there's not going to be enough space for to accommodate all the, the needs. Yeah. I mean, and I, for those that don't know, Champions Cup is a tournament in Indiana. It's a USA Water Polo National Championship. Um, and so, so Thunder and Chris's club, they are hosting a big tournament with 76 games and 38 teams and such like that, but they're also sending teams to a different one. So um, those are, I mean, that may not seem like a big deal, but it is, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So congrats, Chris, to that. Um, while I, So while I got you, I also got to, I mean, just, yeah, just give me your quick thoughts on the UIL fall 22. You know, I know that the whole like structure was approved last month. Just kind of give me your quick little 30 second version of thoughts. So. Oh, we're really excited. So I think it's going to be uh, great for the growth of water polo at the uh, the high school and the club level. I'm excited to see which uh, school districts end up adding it. And I think, you know, there's some that are doing the wait and see uh, mode, but that's fine. You know, like, we'll, I think it, as we do a great job and have a great product that kids want to do and parents want to be a part of, you know, like you have these aquatic athletes in certain school districts and they have multi-million dollar facilities and they wonder why, why we aren't doing that sport yet. And so I think once it gets out and the, the publicity is going and there's uh, the playoffs, uh, you know, the UIL playoffs, I, I think to me it's going to be one of the most uh, exciting parts of it that we have that, you know, there's, there's benefits and great excitement at our state championship that we have now, but like the NCAA March Madness one and done is going to lead to a lot of exciting games and those upsets and that first round, you know, somebody four plays a one and, you know, from the, you know, the fourth place to one district plays a, a winner from another. And if they can upset them, that's going to be exciting all along. And so, whereas, you know, I think it, you know, we have the excitement at the state tournament, but it, you know, if you, if you finish in the top four regionals, you make state, which so those regional games, there's only one or two that might be, super exciting you know whereas i think every weekend in that playoff is going to be you know the area area playoffs the by districts the regionals the semifinals like and then that regional championship to make the state the final four state champions is you know, i mean if you're hosting that in a single single course facility and the parents are packed and everybody's going crazy i think that's going to be awesome so. Yeah, 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 it's gonna be great. And I'm really looking forward to I mean, there's a whole like there's this many games and tournaments. I'm kind of curious on how coaches are going to schedule and um, people are gonna to have to be creative and such like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all works. There's gonna be a ton of water polo being played next. Uh, yeah, next fall, I might have to be going out there and, uh, and roughing a lot just because I just have a feeling. 
Um, the but new pay scale that might attract a lot of referees. If you haven't seen yeah, the new pay scale, come on out. UIL, hey, we um, need more referees. Go to Tasso.org. Tasso.org. Yeah, if you're yeah, looking yeah, so about it, you're going to be well paid for being a high school referee. So, and we're yeah. going to need tons of them. So, I think five minute games are $55, seven minute games are $70. So, you can make uh, in an hour and 15 minutes, make 70 bucks. It's not too bad. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Go it's get involved. Good. And those are, and that's for a different discussion. Chris, Chris, thank you so much, and um, and we'll and we'll and I'll see you on the pool deck this weekend. All right, sounds good. Travel safe. That was Chris Cullen. I, I don't even want to say who does he not work for. So it's like, oh, that's Chris Cullen of such and such club. It's like Thunder, ODP, Guy, or, you know, uh, he's just all over the place. Anyway, that was uh, his conversation with Joe about the, uh, the this ODP season. But other than that, I think we're done. Yeah, Joe? Yeah, just, I mean, we have a lot of people that wear a lot of hats. So, you know, if you're upset out there, the parent, athlete, or whatever, that you're upset about a coach doesn't get the email back just right away. We have a lot of people that wear a lot of hats. Okay? Thank them the next time. They'll get back to you. Or maybe just ask again. Okay. I've, I've consciously um, avoided contacting Cullen this year because I know he's so busy. And uh, uh, was it, I mean, and, and Chris isn't the only person that's out there doing a, uh, like, kind of kind of a whole bunch of things. But you know what? Um, a, long, a long time ago, um, I heard somebody much wiser than me say, if we didn't have conflict of interest, we wouldn't have a sport. No. And yes, we have a lot of people that wear, a, a, like, a, a lot of different hats, but... Moving forward, we're hoping that we're going to get a lot more people involved, a lot more people doing things, and a lot and a lot less people wearing a ton of different hats. So we will see. It's Go a forward. utopian future, but you know I understand why you're heading that direction. Yep, we absolutely we always want more people involved. That's why the whole our enthusiasm for the UIL season. I really can't wait, man. It's gonna, I don't I don't even really know exactly what to expect. I mean, I know what to expect this coming spring. It's going to resemble the season's past, but man, the fall I think I really think the fall is going to look different and I'm and it might be just a central Texas thing, but it's just going to be different. I can't, I I'm so excited for it. Anyway, I can't get too wound up about it. All right, that's it. Thank you, Joe. Hi, thanks, James. You take care. Say hi to McCoy for me, please. All right. Um, although I'll see him this weekend. So thanks to you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. Support us at txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And thank you to those who have done so. And uh, with that, until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.